It is Sunday, October 10th, and last night we had a big day in combat sports history. Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, the trilogy did not disappoint. And just hours before that, we had Mackenzie Dern ranked number four versus Marina Rodriguez, a classic grappler versus striker. Nick, when you were headed into that fight, what were your expectations going in? My expectations were, I think what most people expected, which is that McKenzie would just manage to either pull guard or take um, take Marina down and, you know, work her magic on the ground and submit her. I even expected like rounds one and two. Round two, I think she got her down, right? And, um, you know, but that was about it. Yeah, I was definitely team Dern going in and I'll always be a fan of her uh, awesome Instagram page that features her little daughter. And you'll remember that one of her only losses or her only loss other than Marina now was when she came back kind of early against Amanda Hebos. So when I was watching her fight, I was just hoping she'd be able to get it to the ground. But as you mentioned in our pre-show, um, Morning Combat had a nice tidbit that Mackenzie Dern's takedown Defense is zero because she welcomes the jujitsu and ground game into her competition, but her takedown attempts is only 10%. So obviously she's been working with Jason Perillo, working on that striking. And I think being able to get those flurries and uh, being able to overwhelm her opponent on the feet will help lead to get the takedown. But we were still missing that level change and the transition into the wrestling. So how do you think that she'll be able to I don't know, maybe get a new coach that's specifically for wrestling so she'll be able to apply that jujitsu. Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, uh, so there's three elements that she that she needs. And, and like the jujitsu, she's already levels above. Like jujitsu, she's one of the best jujitsu practitioners, maybe the best out of the entire UFC roster. I think her level is, is that good. The thing is getting it there. Like at this point, even pulling guard and, and welcoming the takedowns, I think people have sort of understood that that's what she does and um there's not they're not going to be they're, they're going to hesitate they're not going to necessarily take her down uh, if she pulls guard they're not going to go in they're going to just, just let her stand up because that's where they're going to beat her apparently now with jason perillo right her striking has looked a lot better i think against verna last time who was also a jiu-jitsu specialist uh her boxing i thought looked very good uh and it's it's just that she she also got a debatable uh, decision on that one too i feel like yeah, I, I don't know. I, I gave it to her. I don't I have to look back. I, I think I I might have been swayed because I bet on her that time. So that I was like, oh, that's the right decision. Yeah. But um, so she she did use her her striking to create some entries. But then she, she was missing the strength or any like any sort of wrestling to sort of make her effective in the clinch to take Marina down. Now, having said that, I think forget about the striking for now. So one one end of the striking, she doesn't need to work on. I think she just needs to get used to getting hit. She needs to spar more. That's what I feel like. That, yesterday, there was so much hesitance, and I get it, because Marina is one of the strongest, I think, hardest punchers. I think she wobbled and hurt Michelle Waterson several times in that great fight that I think Michelle Waterson looked best, one of the best performances that she's had, and she lost. Just That's just how good Marina Rodriguez is. But um, aside from that, to get used to getting hit on the way in, really focus on just the wrestling you know create that strength uh you know get into a wrestling camp only i think because all the other elements the striking is all right the jujitsu is there wrestle at the kevin holland issue just learn how to wrestle and offensive 100%. wrestling too no yeah 
Yeah, um, definitely uh, talking about the Marina and Karate Hottie fight. Marina, she steps up to the plate because when we go back to that Karate Hottie versus Marina Rodriguez fight, that was a main event. They got put to the main event of the card, and this is another situation where Marina had to step up to the plate. Everyone's kind of, uh, at least from America, rooting for Mackenzie Dern. She's kind of a fan favorite. And she just went ahead and survived on the ground with one of the best female grapplers in the world. So it's time that people start putting some respect on her name. I remember Angela Hill said in the post-fight show, she said, I'm kind of surprised that Marina Rodriguez is ranked below or was ranked below Mackenzie Dern because Marina has had to fight tougher opponents in the top 10. Whereas Mackenzie Dern, she hasn't had the strongest competition, but she has been getting those um, finishes by submission. So Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the reason why Mackenzie might have been ranked a little bit higher. There's always kind of a question on who exactly decides the rankings. But without a doubt, I think Marina Rodriguez has made it so people will start putting respect on her name. And now we have to wonder, what does this entail for the future? We already have... Uh, the former champ, Zhang Wei Li, versus Rose Nami Yunez, the current champ, which is going to just be an absolute banger. It's going to be a trilogy between those two. Mm-hmm. So once we find out how that goes, I want to hear what your prediction for that fight is. We'll dive more into it, I'm sure, when the time comes. But just an early okay. prediction and then what the future should look like Ooh. for Marina Rodriguez. Oh, man, I love myself some Rose. I mean, she she that's... I came from a Taekwondo background back in the day, so I respect when, you know, it's not always been the most effective, um, you know, combat sport to learn in it for MMA, but uh, she makes it work, and working with Trevor Whitman has sort of turned her into a different kind of animal with that knockout power. Now, Zhang Weili, yeah, she, that last fight, she did get clipped, um, so you could say it's a flash knockout, right? Uh, if she manages to avoid that next time, who knows? Because that was a f- real 50-50 fight. That's why that was what makes the second fight so interesting. Yeah. So yeah, what, what you want early prediction? Early prediction? Oh my god! It's, it's so hard to be... say when you haven't like seen them in the in the <laughs> yeah. build up to it. But yeah, yeah, it's hard to make. I mean, it's, uh, if I would say now, split decision win by for anyone. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Okay. And then uh, then we would have to see who would fight the champ next and i think a good title contention bout would be the one that everyone was tweeting about uh after the fight joanna versus uh marina rodriguez striker versus striker i think that would be a really tough and interesting matchup and i think people underestimate how uh how big Marina is for the division. She has some height. Mackenzie Dern was really struggling in closing the distance because I remember seeing her at Ruka Gym. When I first met her, I was surprised at how little she was because I'm 5'3", and she was definitely smaller than me and just much more petite. So she is definitely a 100% a straw weight. But when you look at Marina Rodriguez, you can kind of see her body type fitting in the flyweight division as well. So... Matching up with Joanna, I think, is going to be the great uh, next step. Did you have any other ideas for her matchup-wise? Uh, I mean, I see Yan Jonan is uh, ranked above her still. Like, that could be one. But, I mean, I think she she might be... Uh, yeah, no, she, she's definitely in contention. I mean, jo- Joanna hasn't fought in a long time, and people have been debating about taking her out of the rankings uh, at this point. But, I mean, she is training, and uh, she is the queen of... Uh, well, she, she's the... Uh, what is it? The, she's the queen. <laughs> you know, like, that's... Which is called so that that would be a great title eliminator. 
That would be fantastic. No, I, I like that suggestion. And no. then everyone always just win, forgets yeah. about Carla Esparza, who Carla. probably should be fighting for yeah. the title next because she she's earned her right. But something about, I guess, UFC and wrestlers, they just kind of, you know, forget that yeah, they're next. Yeah, but so I want to say something about Carla. I mean, last fight against Jan Jonan, um, she was vicious. Like, she got the, the finish, the ground and pound with the, those elbows the blades that she had and she yeah. cut her open bad like if that's the carlos Barza we have now that'll be an exciting one to add into the ufc because she's not just taking people down and keeping them there like she's starting to get these finishes man and i think she knew that she had to make that statement then so you know to really be taken into consideration for that title fight and i do think she's next for the title. She, she she should get another title shot i like i would like to see the, the revamped carla fight any of wiley or uh rose 100%. But and another thing, like I did want to, if, if anything, and if they weren't in the same division, wouldn't Mackenzie and Carla be the best training partners in the sense that Carla can teach yeah. Mackenzie everything she's missing? And they're in the same area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So they yeah. could they could really work with each other. I do remember I interviewed. Um, Kay Hansen once and she just said like it's hard to train with someone that you know is in that same contention with you I was like oh would yeah. Mackenzie Dern be a good partner and she was just like yeah but I kind of want to fight her one day so I don't mm -hmm. know if you don't want that uh who was uh Kamaru uh training partners with for a while Gilbert Gil Gilbert yeah, yeah Gilbert so they Brown's had to go dead. their separate ways that's what's awkward. The, yeah, it's it's the camp, the, the 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 gym you're at. The coaches are gonna have. To, you're gonna create some tension there, cause like, who are you gonna choose? You're gonna train me. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're gonna train the other one. You're gonna train the new one who's Dern. A hundred percent. There's only so much time in the day for uh, yeah. what the coaches can put their time aside for. So I'm sure we can talk about the strawweight division, cause it's so exciting for days and days and days. But this uh, strawweight division, it was the first card where all the post fight. Uh, bonuses were awarded to only females. So it was a big day for the females in combat sports history. Mm. It's awesome to see the girls uh, headline a card and it did not disappoint the classic striker versus grappler. Hopefully we can see Mackenzie make those adjustments in the wrestling and make make ways uh, make waves in the top five again. But I think her uh, ranking will be at least six after this. And then speaking of other yeah. females, not in MMA, but uh, Miss Amanda Serrano, a seven division boxing champion who has held nine titles, signing with uh, Jake's MVP promotion. So I know you wanted to give your analysis on that. I think that's an interesting uh, route that she's taking. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised by some of the reactions I'm seeing. Like, I do see, uh, well, a lot of her fans, of course, are supportive with everything she does. But there's a lot of people and I see in the comments that are like, yeah, why would you do this? Like, this is such a joke. And like, really? Um, look, whatever you think of Jake Paul and maybe, it, you know, you think it's a joke, you know, um, the way he's put himself out there and he's challenging, you know, uh, these MMA fighters to come to the boxing ring in his domain, you know. But they know how to promote someone and put on a show. And if anything... He's, he's already proven that he does care about the fight or pay thing now. If it comes from a genuine place, that's another different question. But that doesn't change the fact that for Amanda Serrano and all the female boxers that haven't been getting the backing that they that they need from the old school promoters that are usually headed by some old heads, you know, back in uh, like Bob the Bob Arams and like, uh, well, Eddie Hearn has been really good at that and bringing the women in. But Jake seems to really want to make a big change in the sense of giving, you know, putting women as headliners and he wants to make that katie taylor fight which would be the biggest arguably the biggest uh, female boxing fight of all time um 
it's it it stems from frustration. Like if you look at um to mix it with MMA a little bit, Clarissa Shields, who's now you know trying out MMA, she's already uh, won her first fight. She's at PFL, correct? Yes. I think. Yeah, she said like, yeah, I'm just I'm not getting paid enough. Uh, I'm not getting challenged anymore. I'm not getting the big fights I want. I need someone like like that MVP promotions that's promised to take on Amanda Serrano as their main you know signing on on the roster. So yeah, you definitely don't know. I don't she'll see be why. Like there's no Jake negative now. to it. <laughs> After she made those it's comments, crazy. I can beat I can beat Jake Paul. She has some hostility towards towards Jake yeah. Paul making a mockery of 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 the sport. But she even kind of mentioned. Um, Amanda Serrano, or she was asked about Amanda Serrano being on her card, and she just said, like, I would never disrespect myself like that. But honestly, when you're looking at what Jake Paul does in terms of eyes and bringing in a new crowd, I think that's completely on brand with what Amanda Serrano wants to do. She wants to be an inspiration for younger kids. Jake Paul has a really good connection with the TikTok generation and the and really connecting with the newer generation, trying to get them involved in boxing. So 100%, you got to do what you got to do to get your name out there before the Tyron Woodley and um, Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul fight. Complete boxing casual over here. I wasn't, uh, I didn't realize that Amanda Serrano was as big as she was in women's boxing because, you know, I'm so invested in watching all that's going on in women's MMA. But now that her name's out there, mm -hmm. I watched her interview with Brian Custer. She obviously has so many good things to say about Jake Paul. She did say, however, that he... Um, not in these words, but uh, Brian Custer asked her if Jake Paul really did give her X amount of money. And she said, uh, I don't know about that. Maybe if he's given me the rest later. So there is a little bit of over-exaggeration uh. on how much he's paying out the people mm. he says he is. But I think to a certain extent, he will be able to give them that money in the future by promoting them. But she did mention that it wasn't as much as he had said in certain headlines. So I think it's mm. awesome that she's built this connection. They get to train in Puerto Rico and Jake Paul being surrounded by some of the greatest boxers. He's obviously building the confidence to uh, call out. What was that one tweet that he just did? I think Tyson Fury has just earned Oh, Tyson Fury that. now has earned the right, yeah, earned, earned the right to challenge him. Oh, he knows how to get He's trying to fight his brother, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's not going to, Tyson isn't going to, you know, give any mind to it. He's going to, he's trying to set up his brother with him now, but. Um, exactly. Look, the last thing I'll say about this, I mean, how many times have people gone like into pro wrestling or WWE to promote their fights or whatever, like real fighters have gone in there in, in, the, in that sort of gimmick. Now, Jake Paul has probably built up this profile and has all the eyeballs on him and, and made so many waves and so many headlines in the boxing world that MVP Promotions is bound to at least get attention and, you know, be taken seriously because the, you know, the, um, the events they set up do make money and do draw all these eyeballs and he has a huge female fan base too. That's why it makes sense. You know, get the get the women out there. So it could have been this whole thing was just a promotion. His whole fight career might have been a promotion for this new company, this new line of business he's going into. I have no problems with that whatsoever. I mean, I think, um, dude, get her on there. I mean, Amanda Serrano, the world needs to see her. By the way, she has an MMA career as well. She's, she's yeah, tried her hand and it has too, won through submissions, not even from knockouts. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't know the level of competition, but I mean, and even in boxing, like, you see her uh, her skill level. It it is really on par with with like top level uh boxers all over the place so you know great 100 great stuff uh i support it yeah and she has done some grappling competitions we i have to catch up on all the nogi world championships going on this past weekend there's just so much happening in combat sports but the most important one 
the most important topic of them all is the trilogy between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. When we look at these stats, the punches landed 150 for Fury, 72 for Wilder, jabs 36 to 9 for Wilder, and power punches 114 to 63 for Wilder. And then, of course, we got to see five knockdowns. So it was just a crazy fight, a gateway drug, as Brian Campbell says, for the boxing casuals. Uh, the heavyweight division is absolutely flourishing right now. And I know your main, your favorite combat sport is boxing. So just tell me what your takeaways were from this crazy, crazy fight. Well, what's funny is, I, I mean, I started with boxing and, and really got into MMA um, many years ago as well. But and then and then at some point MMA started taking over. That just that I watched it so many so much more. The bigger fights happened there and all that. But then yeah, an event like yesterday just really reminded me. I was texting this to everyone like, man, the build up, the 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 walkouts, um, the tension, the butterflies I get for an event like this. It, it's just it's not really comparable anymore. Even for the the huge like MMA events that you know that we've had over the years. So so there was that. I mean. It is a gateway drug. It is the perfect ending as well to a trilogy of that magnitude. I yes. mean, it's like you couldn't script the first, second, and third fight the way it went any better. If you wrote this in a Hollywood script, they would write it off as like, hey, this is too unrealistic. Let's not, you know. Um, you had the the first fight, uh, Wilder getting completely outboxed, loses all the rounds except for one maybe, but gets two knockdowns, gets the knockout basically in the 12th round, and then, you know, everyone knows Tyson Fury rises up like The Undertaker. Great. They give it a draw. It, it Was it a robbery? It was a robbery, but let's just, you know, it is what it is. Second fight. Fury learned from the last round after he got knocked down that badly and went back to win the, the rest of the round. He then figured out the key for the second fight. He's like, only then I started pushing the pace and really putting it on Wilder. And he, I saw that he was backing up and couldn't throw anymore and didn't like that. So that's what I'm going to do the whole next fight. And that's exactly what you got. A one-sided domination. Towel got thrown in. 20,000 excuses made. You know, let's get that trilogy. After, by the way, uh, Deontay Wilder robs Tyson Fury of about 100, 100 million pounds, I think it was, with the big AJ fight by, you know calling for that for that third rematch the trilogy last minute after that fight was already announced so they come in with bad intentions and there's only one definitive truth in combat sports which is a flat-out knockout and that's what you get here to end the trilogy finally the the knockout not without adversity not without fury himself being knocked down twice as well it was absolutely a back and forth rally, which I think is what we were hoping for. Because if it was like the second and Deontay was just getting punished and punished, I don't think it would be nearly as exciting. But we got five knockdowns, yeah. three of them, uh, Deontay Wilder, and then two of them for Tyson Fury. So I guess Tyson Fury having falling down twice. But when you think about in the lead up to it, a big uh, narrative coming in was that Deontay Wilder was going to be heavier coming into this one. So we had a little bit of muscle gain for him heading into this. Did you think it was going to have that much of an impact? And did you see it in his power against Tyson Fury? Just so as soon as I saw that, I mean, last fight, he also came in the heaviest he ever was. And now he came in even heavier. And last time it already affected his cardio. Now, of course, maybe... I don't know if he actually believes this, but he had all the excuses of my water was poisoned, my suit, my walking suit was way too big, too too heavy. Um, he does have some nice. Tyson Fury implemented suit, so. this. They're cool. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, they're cool. cool. <laughs> but oh, by the way, nothing beats 
the walkout, the Tyson Fury walkout. No, that was the best walkout I've ever seen. Bro. Very the, cool. Very the fun. I mean, beginning. it's but, it's so boxing. Yeah, and they should. I want to do it. If they implement that in, in MMA as well, it could definitely create a lot more excitement too. Um, you know, but yeah, going back to the the, the weight, um, Tyson Fury's uh, game plan last time you saw a lot of it was like I I'm hitting him with a combination and I'm gonna you know drag I'm gonna lean on him I'm gonna wrestle with him a little bit to to tire him out. This is like Wilder is never used to fighting anyone who's taller than him. Tyson Fury was taller than Wilder. It's easier for him to do that to do the lean and everything, and it zaps his energy, especially for someone we see that he's so upper body heavy. His legs are definitely not even middleweight legs, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a smart game plan. And so I was really surprised to see. So on the one hand, I was surprised to see him getting even heavier, especially with the cardio issues he had last time. And you saw that during this fight. But on the other hand, I think his only real proper game plan and way to win and change things this time around was, okay, I'm going to get an early knockout rounds one to five or bust. So I know my cardio will hold on at least till the fifth round. So let's just put this weight on, you know, create more power, more pop in my shots, and maybe even be able to deal with the wrestling a little bit more. And if I can't get the knockout by then, then whatever, you know, I'll go out on my shield, which is <clears throat> another thing I thought after the last fight, he he, he was uh, Wilder, that is, was complaining about the towel being thrown in by his, by his now former coach, Mark Breland, who he fired. And so um, I did want to touch on that point. Um, what did you think was the biggest difference between Mark Breland being in his corner and his new uh, coach, Malik Scott? How did you think that affected Deontay's performance? Because I would think it's fair to say that Deontay did level up for this fight. So what aspects do you mm -hmm. think Malik Scott was able to add to his game? I think more than anything, even, I mean, they did work a lot on the body. Like all the, all the, all the training footage that I was seeing was focused on body shots and like throwing them with vicious intent without much technique anyway. But... That's the only way you can, you know, you can really bother uh, Tyson and keep him at a range because to throw that big right hand that he uses to knock these people out, sometimes even hitting them just in the forehead, um, you do need to create that space that Tyson wasn't giving him at all times. But, you know, from the beginning, as soon as the round started and he won the first round, I was like, I'm surprised he even won a round <laughs> this time. Um, he was instantly, from the first bell, boom, hitting those big jabs to the body at all times that you saw mm -hmm. that you know Tyson it took him a little bit to 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 get the timing right it didn't take him long but it did back him up so much to the point that okay if he follows that up with a big right he could land it and he only needs to land once so that that's something but i think the biggest the biggest part of that the training like Malik Scott and him are really like family like i mean he did beat him and knock him out too back in the day but he, they're like family and i think it's the mental aspect of having, having someone you trust there that um that really made Wilder listen more maybe people were thinking maybe this is another yes man in the camp and stuff but when I see these post-fight interviews and the way like Wilder was behaving around him I think for the first time he was actually giving his training to to the coaches it's crazy to say this is the first time with Mark Breland you know after all the accusations were made he came out and and and, and you know exposed all these things about the training camps before with with Wilder where he said like he wouldn't he never goes on runs which I, by the way I doubt he did this time as well but he never, he dictates his own pace. They want to do pad work. He doesn't want to do pad work. He wants to just hit the bag. Or he didn't want to hit the bag. He just wanted to do pads. He, did, he would dictate everything and he wouldn't follow his coaches. He's like, I know what I need to do because I know I just need to land this right hand. Well, once you find someone who doesn't get killed of that right hand, you know, that's when you're in trouble. So I think more than anything, it was that whole camaraderie, that whole mental aspect and having someone who's not a yes man in there.
who by the way has uh has a really extensive uh, professional record a hundred percent and i one of your comments about how they fought before and deontay wilder actually had knocked him out i remember uh bc mentioned that there was like even questions about did he really hit him that hard did he take a drop because or was he just trying to get his friend paid because they were good friends even back then so i think the uh, pairing of Malik Scott and Deontay Wilder at this point of his career is when you're Deontay Wilder and you've been through all these fights, you do want to have a little bit more of a say on how you coach yourself. So I think when you're working with someone like uh, Coach Breland, maybe he wanted more of a dictatorial uh, type of coaching style and that just the clash of heads wasn't working. And also it could just lead on to another excuse of Deontay Wilder. Like he wanted to have someone to blame in that scenario for the second fight and it just all happened to fall back on coach Breland who I have so much respect for because he's done so much for the sport so when you look more into all the excuses and stuff you kind of have to question which ones are legitimate with Wilder but at the end of the day let's hope that he can take this loss and maybe come back as a little soft-hearted like Tyson said I think Fury tried to or not congratulate him but you know, have a nice, respectful ending. And uh, Tyson or Deontay didn't want any part of that. So he says, I'm going to pray for him and I'm going to hope that he can be uh, be better. And so hopefully we can see uh, a good sportsman-like reaction from Deontay in the uh, post-fight interviews to come. Well, the thing, like, the thing that some people forget is that Tyson and uh, Wilder were friends in the, in the beginning. I mean, uh, when Tyson went on the spiral and had the depression and the cocaine addiction and all that, um, it was Wilder that was sort of motivating him in a very competitive way, maybe to come back and like, hey man. And at some point they agreed, like, hey man, I promise, like if you come back, I'll promise I'll give you this title shot. And that's how it started. They were like, without Wilder, you wouldn't have the Fury you have now. Without Fury, you wouldn't have the Wilder that we had yesterday, because that Wilder was actually the best Wilder we've ever seen. Surprisingly, the guy has never been technical. Um, but the game plan, he showed the jab that he fainted for the first time. He was fainting several times. Like he, he did, I think he, ca he caught um, Fury off guard with a feint first and then landed that right again to the forehead <laughs> with, with Tyson going into it. So showed his showed his power. So but they made each other in a way, you know, and they both disagree. But, you know, really, they did. 100%. I feel like they are synonymous with each other. And I'm happy that Fury is probably going to go on and fight different people. But where will Deontay Wilder go after this? He is 34, I believe. 35 or 30, even. Going yeah. on 35. And he, uh, you know, he has hinted at the idea of retirement, but he does say that he still wants to do more with his career. But what is the best, what is the best next move for Deontay Wilder. I'd say this. I mean, like in the beginning, uh, when I was predicting the fight yesterday, I was like, well, after the second fight, I said, I think it's over for him if he doesn't take this rematch because he, the thing that people wanted was his belt. That was the only real reason to challenge him. Now, without a belt, he's way too much of a threat. That right hand is knocked out like 40, he has, he had 44, Four fights by now let's say i think before fury it was like 42 fights with 41 knockouts he is way too much of a threat to fight without a belt so that's what's tough about this situation and i still think though the way he showed himself and his stock definitely rose last night with the way he showed himself that it could still pull numbers like a, a fury uh, i mean sorry and an anthony joshua 
Deontay Wilder fight would still pull numbers. Like that's one I would like to see if AJ doesn't manage to get his belt back from Usyk next, and then you get Usyk, uh, Fury fighting each other to unify the belts, and then the winner of Wilder um, and uh, AJ can take a crack at it again before I think Tyson retires. Yeah, I definitely think there's going to be a lot more interest after this fight. Like I said, I'm a complete boxing casual, and this is one of the first ones that I watched live. Um, and then we're also going to have Showtime with Canelo and Caleb Plant coming up, obviously not in the heavyweight division, but there's different things going on in the boxing world that I think a lot of people in the MMA niche will be interested in looking towards. So I'm super excited. This was an awesome breakdown. I remember you texted me this one picture about you may not like it, but this body <laughs> yeah. represents peak male athletic performance, and there isn't a goddamn thing you can do about it. And I think that just speaks volumes because Tyson Fury is the best heavyweight boxer in the world, and he doesn't come in with this shredded look like Deontay Wilder does. So I thought that was a funny uh, point in all the analysis that we were looking at. But do you have any final uh, statements for this Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder yes, trilogy? Yes, uh, I mean this is one of those nights and this is one of those events that like makes me fall back in love with you know. Sometimes you know you're you're in this routine, and I've recently gotten into this line of business a little bit in this industry, and this is one of those that you know relights that spark that you fall in love with what you're doing, and you're like, I I love this sport so much, just the whole the whole all of combat sports, you know. It's like you know when you've been with someone for a long time in a relationship, yeah, yeah, and and yeah, boxing was dying apparently, you know, but some sometimes you know you're in a relationship for a bit too long and um start losing that spark and then like you do that one little thing you go on this one little trip and you rediscover each other you start talking again you know fall back in love you know like that's that's what it was like this was one of those events i'm like oh man now my my meter is back up here like okay my interest you know goes like this and now it's way here it's up here and i'm excited for canelo <laughs> you know